Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. My intent is to come with love, compassion, and connection. I honor my soul together with yours. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we've got a great topic today from a listener who has written... Could you please do an episode on increasing vibration before heading into work, meetings, confrontation, etc.? I'm a chiropractor and would love to be in full healing vibration before I see clients. This is a really cool topic. Um, I remember meeting with some friends about a year and a half ago who were all businesswomen. And I just happened to kind of drop into the conversation that before I have in my life have ever had to go into a really big meeting or, yeah, like this, like the listener says, confrontation or any time I need to sort of audition or interview or present myself, I'll usually duck into the toilet cubicle and do a quick little two-minute prayer first. And all that morning, if I wake up on the morning of what's going to be a really big day with a lot of elements going to be going on in that day before I go to sleep, I'll really set my intention. And when I told these businesswomen, they all looked at me like, like it was the most fabulous thing they'd ever heard, but it, it never occurred to them. And they wanted to know all about it. They drilled me for an hour about how one does such a thing and, and what ha- then happens and why it works and why it's good. And that's how Jane and I are going to spend the half hour today. We're going to talk you through this quite magical process, which many of the world's most successful you know, gurus, celebrities, life coaches, successful entrepreneurs use to better control their realities and really master and set their intentions. It's such a cool thing because it's, it is empowering to know that you can so easily set your intent to hold a vibration and do it. It's, it's kind of this magic thing that works that's effortless and easy. So I have, you know, businesses have mission statements. I have an intent. So it's kind of a similar thing. It's a short statement. It's probably just another word for affirmation, really. I think mission statement, intent, affirmation, they could all blend in together. And I wish I had it with me now, Beck, because it's really cute. But I wrote, what do I want for my clients and what do I want for me? When I'm meeting, this is with Social 8, the matchmaking business, when I'm meeting with them. And what I want is them to feel like they've been seen and heard. I want, and on a personal level, I want to know that I've also been seen and heard for whatever boundaries need to be in place, whatever clear articulation of what I can deliver and what I can't deliver. But at the same time, I also want it to always come from love and positivity and warmth and kindness. So I wrote, oh, I think it's three little sentences, and then I printed it up with a gorgeous butterfly montage of butterflies and feathers and spiritual kind of gorgeous graphics behind it, printed it off, and it sits in a little photo frame. Um, and that's that's gets read before the start of every day when I'm moving into the office, coming into the office and sit down and I just refocus on that's my intent. Um, so I think knowing what you want your outcome to be in any given in any given situation is important and it's got to be a realistic outcome. So, you know, if you're going into confrontation, what do you want? You want it to be moving towards resolution and you want you both of you to be feeling better after the meeting than when you uh, than how you were feeling going into it. If you've got a client coming in, 
You want the client to leave feeling better than when they arrived. So you set your intent very, very clearly at the beginning of what you want the outcome to be. We're talking about magic. We are. And intention is another word for magic. It's the closest we have in this dimension to actually kind of casting spells, if you want to use that word, by which we're talking about having some degree of control over outcome. And it's got to come from a very pure place, obviously. It needs to come from a very, very clear and aligned space. So, of course, when setting an intention, you must have be somewhere quiet. You must be preferably alone or very, very focused and centered. I mean, it's not impossible to be in a crowd of people and quickly sort of just you know, lower your eyes and, and just focus within and quickly center an intention. You can do it even in crazy situations. For example, let's say you get into an elevator that starts to play up and you're very scared it's going to malfunction or you can immediately set an intention or immediately ask for a, a protection prayer. Um, these kinds of things, I know they sound really woo-woo. And even though I am an in, a nut, nutty psychic, <laughs> nutty of the highest order, even I sometimes get... Um, complacent or don't really appreciate the power of these things and I forget that they actually are very 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 real you know when you get the reminder is when you've realized oh well I haven't done any intense setting for two months and you think why are the wheels falling off a bit yeah there it is I'll give you I'll give you a couple of examples first of all there's the example that you know sometimes you'd hear, hear stories of guys in the war soldiers in war who every morning would do a protection sort of a prayer for themselves. And it was, of course, the one morning that they forgot or didn't have time that their leg got blown off or they died or, you know, those sorts of things. To a lesser extent um, than warfare, but driving my car every day, I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm a very fast, bad driver. And I have to do a lot of... Uh, from now on, I do not leave um, my driveway before I've put gold light um, all around my car and I ask for, you know, Archangel Michael to... Yeah, I have Archangel Michael. Every time yeah. I drive down to a holiday place, which, you know, you're out on the freeway doing 100 and yes. country roads and all of that, yes. it's always, hey, big Mike, come for a ride with me. That's right. <laughs> so I do a lot of that. Now, um, there was a really interesting incident a couple of years ago, which I've mentioned once or twice on the show, where one evening I was going to go out with a girlfriend and it was, it was you know, it was a... A dark night and so we were going to go out drinking in some places in Adelaide because sometimes dodgy and sometimes not so I did my little spell before I went I said please uh, protect me and of course I was kind of thinking protect me from physical muggings or sexual attack or any, anything that you know drink spiking or anything like that that might happen just keep me keep it quite safe um, and I went out and I got in one of the most energetically violating arguments of my entire life it felt like I had been and I I'm just going to say, it felt like I'd been energetically raped after this conversation. I remember that. You yeah. took quite a while to heal from that. Yeah, and I still think about it to this day. And when I got home, or maybe sometime later when I was thinking back to it, I realised, oh my gosh, when I did that protection spell when I left home, I never specified emotional protection or even spiritual protection or energy grid protection. I didn't, I just sort of went along the line of, oh, young single white female out at night, let's just make sure that my body's safe. Right. And it just goes to show that just to be very precise with your word and very all-encompassing when you set an intention. I also add the words that or something better because I feel like if I've forgotten something, it kind of covers off in that little statement. It's your disclaimer. <laughs> it's my, come on, you know, for me, for my highest good. Fine print, that's right. Um, but, yeah, setting your intent. The day that I chose to 
Well, actually, I change my intent in my various working life a lot. I keep checking in with, you know, where am I at? Right. Well, if that's all being achieved and I've maintained that vibration and I'm able to bring that to the party quite effortless and easy now, what is the next level? What is it that I want to set my intent now for my clients to experience and for me to experience? So I'll change that um, mission statement or, or for whatever you want to call it. I don't know, maybe every year I might check in and redo it um, because we do rise in our vibration and we do learn to master levels and then it's like, well, let's go to the next one. And so check in with it quite regularly, but also monitor the outcome. So I found that once I set a very clear intent, I'll be honest, it, it, it was instant that I noticed a better experience happening, but it did take a bit of time before it was the rock star version if that makes sense. So monitor your outcome. Why? Um, I think it might be the old thing called human element. I think it might be that there's habits, there's words that are sentences that are delivered on automatic pilot, not being completely consciously aware the whole way through the conversation. You know, you have the day where you've, you're meeting your fifth client and you're a little bit tired and it's like, right, well, let's just get through this instead of continuing to hold that energy. And that took time for me to, to have a new way of doing it. Mm. So when you're setting an intent, it's not something that you're already doing. It's something that you're wanting to do. Or it's something you're already doing, but you're wanting to do it more consistently. So in the case of this chiropractor, she's wanting to increase the vibration um, uh, so that she can be in full healing vibration for her clients. So it says to me that she's clearly got a great vibration, that she's experiencing wonderful outcomes of healing for her clients, but she's wanting to take it to another level. So she's setting a high, she's setting a higher benchmark. So maybe she's coming in and out of the healing. You know, when I learned to do Reiki and initially maybe I could hold my concentration just three or four minutes and, and then my mind might wander while I'm, you know, poor client, got my hands on them and I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about what am I going to be doing tonight and, you know, what am I going to cook for dinner? And then you bring it back. And so it's a discipline that it takes time for you to get really able to maintain that vibration consistently, long-term, evenly, client after client, day after day. I can shed some light on this lovely listener, actually, because we did have a talk on the phone um, in a session. And she, what she was telling me was that she's recently changed to a very high-volume type structure, which means for the first time she's seeing – she's taken on an extra load. So she's seeing way more clients than she ever has before. She's used to the luxury of being able to spend more time with each patient. Now she's got to bang, 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 bang them through. And that's partly why we were having a conversation about, okay, well, if you have to have – you've only got two minutes with somebody to deliver the full – healing, to, to send them out the door feeling happy, content, satisfied with the service. If you've only got two minutes or five minutes with somebody, what do you do? Well, the best thing you can do is to hold a supreme energy, to, not, not supreme, but you know what I mean, to really hold a very amazing high, higher vibrational energy for the entire shift. So maybe for the three hours that you're on and lots and lots of people are going to be coming in and out and you haven't got the time to fully connect with every single person for 20 minutes, maybe the way you used to, you can hold a higher vibration energy field yourself. So they come in and out of that energy field. They feel it. They don't know what it is, but they're actually bathed in it and they 
they still get the full experience just by being in your presence type of a thing. Refer to, was it last week's podcast? I can't remember. We talked about, um, no, I think it was a few weeks ago, actually. No, a few weeks ago. We talked about with old-fashioned psychics. Yeah. We talked about very fast healings. How, how healings are happening super fast now. But I also want to say kudos to this lady. If she's in that situation, that's because her, vibra- her vibration, her aura, her energy has expanded that she can handle more clients mm. and doing it faster. I found the same thing happened when I was doing events. When I first started doing events, I had no idea that I was holding energy. No idea. And it wasn't until I really started to understand it and at the same time going into different fears that I watched the numbers of people booking into my events change all over the place. One minute it might have 50 and it was like, wow, that was good, I can hold that energy. The next minute, well, I've only got 10 booked in. Well, because I've been in fear that if I actually have only a small number, maybe they're not all going to enjoy it and they're going to be forced to talk to each other instead of finding their own tribe. And as I started to alleviate those different fears and be able to hold the energy of love and connection and it with my intent, the numbers grew and then they grew to 100 and so on. So you'll only get that expanded clientele when you're ready to handle it. But as you set your higher intent for a higher vibration, you will find that one of the benefits will be that you will get faster and you will get more people through the door. I love this. This is really cool for people to, to listen to because, you know, in our culture, we're very driven by um, benchmarks, goalposts and numbers that you can hang your hat on. So, for example, how successful are you? How many you know, downloads have you got? How many people came to your talk? How many this? How many that? The real energy mastery is if you only have quote unquote only have four people to a talk or if your only clients are the people in the three suburbs next to yours not people in New York or London just the people down the road when it's an energy game it does not matter it doesn't matter if you have four people in the local church hall or you have a stadium of 20,000 people it's about holding the space and holding an amazing, clear, pure vibrational stream. If you can do that, if you can do that with four people in the church hall, you can get to 20,000 very, 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 very quickly. It's all law of vibration. But it's like the universe isn't going to give you a stadium if you can't handle four. So don't think you've got to start out there and start with 50 or start with 250 or start with 300 to feel like you've made it in your career. No, you haven't made it in your career until you can sit with one person and hold the energy one-on-one. When I first started giving my public talks on how to date happily, I mean, I was incredibly nervous, but I knew I had so much that I wanted to share and I wanted to help people to have the access to the information. So I booked this little seminar room at one of the nice hotels nearby and I thought, you know what? I'm going to hold this talk even if only one person turns up because if one person wants to hear it, I'm going to honour them by giving them what I've got. And I've had those talks from as little as 10 people and I've had as many as 85, which is all the room will hold. Um, It is about that connection. And if you've got a room of only four people and yet you find that three of those four or even potentially all four have left going, wow, that was just what I needed. That's better than having 104 where Who would just 100 of them don't really care and they've not really connected and they came along because whether it was free or their friend talked them into it or whatever, their mum told them they had to go. Um, 
Jane, when you, for example, hold like your big end of year Christmas party where you might have a couple of hundred members all in the same room having, you know, all, all mingling and singles mixing and Jane is, you know, the compere and the hostess with the mostess and the maitre d' and all things rolled together and once again you're having to hold the energy of a lot of people in, you know, a fairly charged scenario for many reasons. It's holiday season, there's alcohol, people are coming in with different wants and needs and all this sort of thing on different agendas and what they're looking for. Do you find that a level of exhaustion kicks in um, maybe after the event or during the event, having to hold that much intense space for a few hours? As an empath, it's one of the hardest things I ever do. I would find it much easier to stand on a stage and deliver a message to 8,000 people than I would stand in a cocktail room of 200 people that are single (laughs) and meeting for the first time. So true. In fact, I'd probably rather stand on stage naked. No, that's not true. I love doing it, but it, no, why would I say I'd rather? No, it's because if I didn't want to do it, I wouldn't be doing it. I love doing it. It is one of the hardest things I've done. And that sounds so crazy when really, when I look at my whole events career, it's probably the smallest events I do, yet it's the hardest. And that's probably because I'm an empath and combined with having spent 10 years studying single people and emotional healing within that genre, that I'm so aware of everything that is going on with every person and I'm trying to hold the energy that I don't have to be the social punching bag for somebody's inner child that's flaring up half an hour or an hour into the cocktail party. Mm -hmm. Now, usually by the time we get to about two and a half hours, um, those that have had a little hissy fit in a child tantrum have either settled down and are now having fun or in 200 people you might get a handful that have left and they need to leave that sounds horrible but they need to leave it's not right for them it's not the right time but it is very hard because you've got to sit in that you've got to sit in that initial everybody's nervous vibration but where I am blessed is that because I run my business as a club I, at a, an event with 200, I would do my best to have 75% of them be members that are there because they actually help hold the energy. So they hold the energy because their intent is I'm looking forward to meet, connecting with interesting people and having fun versus the person that's turned up at an event not knowing what to expect, never been before, incredibly nervous and has a hidden agenda of when I walk in, every man's going to want to talk to me or every woman's going to want to talk to me because I'm fabulous. And when it doesn't happen, they throw a tantrum. And it's an inner child, you know, disappointment at not receiving what they were expecting. So you've got to hold that energy and it's very, very tough. And at the end of the event, look, when I was younger, I could go out partying afterwards. Now I go straight home and crash. It's interesting, isn't it? So people, I hope people sort of bear this in mind. If if you are somebody who does deal with groups of people, or like a friendly listener today who's written in, she's a chiropractor, so she's got you know a clinic full of people. I think we need to also talk about cleansing in this because you know and detachment. And I guess that on an intellectual level, I had to do a lot of work about it's not my stuff. You know, and it's not my responsibility. So if we come back to that, I hope this is helping. I'm jumping a little bit all over the place here. But if we go back to this Christmas cocktail party, um, so I had a real struggle where I had uh, a lady that sent an email afterwards that was a non-member, had never been to an event before, and was scathing at how, how rude I was to have left the poor wallflowers standing there not being spoken to. And 
I actually learnt this from a beautiful spiritual uh, teacher that I had many years ago, who when I said, how can I help these people that are, they're shy or they're introverted or they don't socially engage, they're socially awkward, how can I best help them? And this person was channeling for me and and, uh, and he went, started this big, almost like a Buddha laugh. <laughs> oh, Jane, you want them to be just like you, do you? <laughs> I.e., who said that my way of socialising is the right way? And so I learnt from that, that who says those people are not happy? Who I was making all these assumptions and they were so wrong. And then I had a beautiful um, relative of mine who is older and very um, introverted come to an event and I was very worried that he wasn't enjoying himself because he was standing at the back of the room and not talking to anybody, but he, but he stayed and he stayed and he stayed and I thought, oh my goodness, he's doing it to keep me happy. When he went to leave, he thanked me so much and said he'd had the best night. And I read his energy and he was completely genuine. Why? Because his happy night is he likes being out amongst people, listening to live music and observing. That's his happy place. And who am I to say that's wrong? So when this lady then sent me an email, I totally got where she was coming from. She's probably a very kind woman, although maybe not that kind because she wrote such a harsh email by making all these assumptions. But she's probably kind in going, you know what, I could have helped all these people if I was the host here. I would have been talking to them and engaging them and introducing them to lots of people and taking them onto the dance floor and, um, you know, whatever, maybe giving them a platter and asking if they'd like to walk around with that. Well, all of those things would have terrified. There were a couple that I, I know she was talking about and they're beautiful people that don't want to do that. So then you've got to sit in that negativity. Yes. And it's not, if I wanted to educate this woman on why in this scenario I believe that she's wrong and what I did was correct, you know, I've got to spend five or six hours on teaching her about all of this stuff. I don't have time for that. So I have to sit in it. So what do you do? You've got to start cleansing after you've had your energetic exchange with clients or confrontation or healings, etc. So, Beck, what do you do to cleanse? I meditate. I, I go back to my altar and I sit down and I just go up as high as I can go, quote, unquote, and I just get back into the energy that's the cleanest that I can connect with and sit in it for a couple of minutes and then I just come back out of it. That's my method. I mean, we can talk about bathe yourself in white light, cut cords, go and have a chakra balancing, clearing, healing, energy grid session and those things. I do those things about once a month as well. Um, but a lot of it is about not taking stuff on though. It is. It's detachment. It's not my stuff. Is mental. I mean, it's just a choice. It's a decision to like, you know, that, that analogy you might give a kid in the high school where, oh, well, if the bully throws an insult at you it's like they're throwing a ball at you and you've got choices you can catch the ball or you can just put it down or you can duck it you know you can decide whether to take on the crap or not basically um just back to intention a couple of things i wanted to say um when oprah came to speak in adelaide the other month and i saw her and she really hammered at home of how much it has made her who she is today and what an integral part of her 24-hour cycle exactly what we're talking about is for her so she does 20 minutes a morning i mean that's a substantial of setting intent of praying and doing affirmations gratitude and setting intention for her day now that is a substantial chunk of time for somebody whose diary is as full as oprah's diary we know is right 
but she says if it's a very, very stressful day, 10 minutes, if she absolutely can't manage it, she'll do five. Five is still more than the, my recommended two. Five is still a lot of minutes to sit down mm. if you've got a really, really busy day ahead of you. Um, but I remember she said something like, you know, if you can't even do five, I don't know what, what kind of day you're having. <laughs> um, and I also remember once when she brought Dolly Parton onto the, her show and she showed the inside of Dolly's absolutely pimped up, macked out, like, um, tour van, where, like, it's got, like, a jacuzzi in it and it's got, like, the bedroom, it's got the wardrobe with all the Diamante fringe jackets and stuff in it. And, um... Anyway, Dolly showed her little prayer space that she has inside the, oh, the tour van. nice. So, you know, Dolly was saying, this is where, you know, she's really, really southern, you know, this is where I do my prayer. Every morning I do my prayer. I can't have my day without my prayer. And so I she, can't believe we've both done really bad <laughs> impersonations of accents in this podcast. Apologies to the beautiful southerners. We must be feeling a bit theatrical. Um, but, yeah, she was really driving home the point that she also does nothing without setting her intention as well. So I, I only bring up these, you know, these illustrated sort of stories to, to, to remind you that some of the world's most powerful people, they understand at a deep level that they can't run their empires without this level of intense setting work on regular cycles, 24-hourly cycles, whatever. Now, for but Even my... people that are not spiritual do it, like your Donald Trumps, etc. Well, he... Well, I don't know if he sets yeah, intention. Yeah, he does. Sets intention? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just uses it in a different way, but this is what my intent is. Okay. A lot of a lot of business people that are not so connected to the universe do it. They just use different language. It, it's because, okay, to use a different language. Statement of intent. It's about being extremely clear about That's right, what you're what doing you want. and what, what you're wanting. And that rules out any grey area, any, you know, fuzzies, any misunderstanding, miscommunication. It just... It makes you an easier person to deal with, to operate, you know, with and, and so forth. Now, I think, Jane, it could be a little bit useful to maybe list some different examples in daily life of when setting intention can be used. So, Well, I do it. I do it several times a day. So I do it in the morning. As soon as I wake up, I lay in bed and I set my intent. That's for the whole day? That's for the whole day. And, and I'll go through, you know, what I want, whether it's what I want for my morning routine, what I want when I'm connecting with my clients or with my work, what do I want with my family, what do I want with my health, what do I want for my creativity, etc. And then I go about my day, but then I will do one before a client or, and sometimes I forget, but you can belt them out so fast. I'll see a phone number come up on my phone and I'll think, oh, I forgot I'm doing that radio interview now. And I'll see it's a radio number and I just quickly go... Quick call in the team. I set my intent. Let's make this really work well for their listeners yep. and for the, the hosts of the radio show because, you know, it's about them. You want to make them look good too. I was on hold this morning for – I rang someone with like so quickly I didn't think about it and when they put me on hold to go get the person I had to speak to, all of a sudden I had a massive freak out about what I was asking for and I, I did the same thing. I called in – a specific type of spirit guide that I needed to have the conversation I needed to have for this phone call, boom, and it all Done. just went like clockwork. Yeah. The other one, though, is that my intent at night time, so I'm lying in bed and it's the last thing I do. Nothing is done after that. There's no checking Facebook. There's no reading a book. It's the last thing I do before closing my eyes. So I, first off, set my intent. I do this perhaps in a reverse order of what most people might do. I set my intent for my sleep. What do I want to have happen through my sleep? I go through, you know, I want physical healing and I go through a little ritual there. Um, I talk about whether I want a restful sleep or do I want to have a problem solved or whatever I'm wanting to have happen throughout the night. And then I go into gratitude and blessings for the gifts that I've received that day and I reel off my gifts 
Um, and then the next thing is that I give gratitude and blessings um, for and thanks for the gifts that are coming my way. Um, and then I just close my eyes, and that's a really cool way to finish the day. I did this last night because the night before I had really terrible nightmares that I really did not like, with you know, involving people that make me uncomfortable and horrible stuff. So last night when I went to bed, I said, "All right, spirit, sleeping spirits, dream agents, like whoever is out there that, that handles the, the nocturnal sessions, like I would like to have very calming dreams tonight." And and it worked. But but throughout the day, so again, obvious the obvious ones are okay. I've got to go into a big job interview. I've got an audition I've got an, you know whatever you've got to show up and perform present in some way impress or get something that you're wanting in some sort of an exchange brilliant time to, to do a quick prayer set an intention if it means um you know I've done it before I've gone into the building or I've done it when I've gotten to the building and you they often you just say can I just use the bathroom uh before we I go in and you just quickly you know you might do it twice you might do it at home then you go into the toilet quickly and you do it quickly in the, in the cubicle and then you come back out and you're all ready okay now I've also set up with my upstairs management team I've actually had a little chat with them about if I need to call on them really fast in an emergency I'm just going to say calling upon the big guns need my team now Boom. And that's all I say. And they know who I am. And then afterwards, I'll make sure I'm respectful and go through all of a very lengthy thanks process to whoever my team is. Yes. But that works when you're in mid-conversation with somebody and you've suddenly gone, this isn't going well. Or, wow, I wasn't expecting I'd need a bit of help with this. Mm -hmm. I need help now. And I'll just grab the glass of water or I'll just pause for two seconds. And in my mind, I'm going, hey, come in big team now. Need you now. There's that's time, it. There's it's like... One second. There's times I've used it, for example, with my children. If you know, if you if you're the only um, caretaker and there's two or three kids with you, and all of a sudden you have to do something like a serious phone call suddenly comes in, or you need to, I don't know, run run outside and go get something at the back of the property, but you've got to leave the kids in the house or whatever it is. You can also very very quickly ask the angels to come in and assist you just to to see through. Yeah, and just quickly. You need to raise your vibration. You have got to own your own triggers. What's being triggered from your clients? And you've got to clear that. My intent is to come with love, compassion, and connection. I honor my soul together with yours. Thank you so much for joining us today. You'll find everything you need on lovelifeshow.com. That's all of our backlog of all of our episodes. It's Jane and my coaching and counseling services. It's any other products, ebooks, etc., um, online courses that we're launching. And of course, if you'd like to support us to keep our show ad free every Wednesday in your inbox, you can always leave us a donation of your choosing if you would so wish. So until this time next week, Jane and I want to. Uh, hear your stories if you'd like to share them on Facebook as well of how you've enjoyed setting intent and really bringing some magic to your everyday life. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening. And it's a beautiful day.